Twilight Zone. Brought to you by Pell-Mell Famous Cigarettes. Over, under, around, and through. Pell-Mell travels pleasure to you. And we're back. Well, Rachel, we continue our journey through the Twilight Zone. We are in the Twilight Zone, and we are on episode <laughs> four of uh, season yep. one, which is titled 16 Millimeter Shrine. It debuted on October 23rd, 1959, written by... I think by I just Ryan. got the title. What? I think I just got the title. I think, think I understand the title. Yeah. I kept sorry. saying oh, 16 sorry. millimeter by? shine. <laughs> and I'm probably going to say 16 millimeter shine again. So just be prepared for that. But it's written by Rod Serling. It's directed by Mitchell Lyson, who directed some old, old timey stuff. And this episode is kind of a take on, uh, I mean, it's a take on it. And it's, it, it, it kind of feels like the same kind of style of movie so there's a movie rachel i don't think that you you know this one you may have never even heard of it but sunset boulevard have you heard ever of heard it. of it okay i've heard of it yes i don't i've never seen it but i've heard of it i mean i'm i'm sure you can add this one to the list um <laughs> it's a it's a movie from the from 1950 and it basically is about an an, an aging actress who is keeps trying to get parts in Hollywood. It's supposed to, it, it's by Billy Wilder, who's a very like cynical okay. movie director. And sure. it's clearly trying to be thematic of aging actresses, which is very much what the whole point of this episode is. So it, it seems like Rod Serling's take on that storyline. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, you know, we can easily... I mean, this is for for the people, folks at home that have not watched The Twilight Zone or don't know about a lot of The Twilight Zone stuff. You may recognize this storyline from an episode of Seinfeld in which Kramer goes to Los Angeles and one of his neighbors (laughs) is like an old bitty actress. So, yeah, same idea. A Norma Desmond type. That's the the actress from Sunset Boulevard. It's a it's it's kind of a like an archetype now, uh, you know, Norma Desmond type. Um, no, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, we will get to Sunset Boulevard someday. Sixteen millimeter shrine. Uh, I guess that's because that is what the film reel used to be. Sixteen millimeter. Is that that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So I guess that's the point of it. Because I, I would imagine, because it's all on film, not on, like, digital. So it's like, oh, wait, the film is probably that large. Yeah, because it's just this big-ass film reel. Because film used to, you know, be be bigger and and crazier and flammable. And, <laughs> well, it was the original. <laughs> yeah. Just to kind of start out with, this is, stars Ida Lupino is playing Barbara Jean in this uh episode is it and Ida? huh is it ida oh is it ida what did i say ida yeah i think it's ida ida's a name i don't know if ida is <laughs> I- ida hi ida yeah i think it's ida ida i'm Lupino. pretty sure it's ida the, the interesting thing about her is she stars in this episode and i think she does a pretty good job of portraying this bitter character yeah uh, kind of 
becomes like a proffered type or you know it happens a lot where it is this like aging actress in hollywood well yeah and it, i always find it interesting when they play this character too is she's very dramatic and she's like constantly she's over the top acting and portraying herself that yeah. way yeah yeah she stars in this episode of twilight zone she directs one of the episodes of twilight zone which will be down the line as we get you know further further into the twilight zone here the masks which hmm. is one of the most famous episodes of the twilight zone she directed oh, that's very that. interesting i like that okay yeah. so she stays you know she stays within the, the serling family too here i guess we can just get into it uh, any any thoughts before we get into it uh here? no 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 i think we can let's All do right. this uh it starts with an old romance picture scene is how i put it, it it's mm-hmm. clearly supposed to be like this old timey scene um right. it's supposed to be old timey for 1959 <laughs> so <laughs> so it clearly is trying to be old-fashioned like 1930s style picture show like i said the narration here is good the character is familiar it's this old biddy that used to be a star you say old biddy but i don't think she's really that old no and i think that's part of the point too like it's it's just like it's the actress had hit has hit an age where they're like oh you can play a mom now instead of the daughter but she okay we'll get to that scene. right yeah i mean that's it she though. gets so that's the thing. And she doesn't even look that old no no but like i would say she's probably in her i mean it's hard to tell because back I then would like say, i would say late 30s yeah i mean i was gonna say 40s it's hard to tell because you see Rod Serling and you're like, oh, he was in his early 30s. He looks like a 50-year-old man. Exactly. But, but <laughs> Plus I, it's black and white and it's kind of hard to tell. But I guess to your point then, she's probably younger because mm-hmm. she doesn't look that old. Do you want to know how old she was when this one came out? Yes. So I just looked it up. Okay, so she was born in 1918. So oh, this was 1959. So if we do the math on that, she would have been 41. Almost 40. Yeah, yeah, or 40. Yeah, yeah, 41. So she's, so she's in her early 40s here. But to your point, it's not like she's... It's not like she is the neighbor in Seinfeld where, you know, she was in a Three Stooges short yeah, or she's, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, she's not like in her 60s or 70s where it's like really obvious right? how old she is. I mean, I think that is part of the the satire in this end, both Sunset Boulevard, where it's like they don't have roles for these actresses that aren't 20 years old they they can't come up with anything better for them to do right. in their 40s so we see this this scene and it's being portrayed on a projector it's 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 on a movie set or on a movie screen it's a movie from that time then a maid comes to give this woman who's been watching the movie we find out is barbara Dream- barbara jean trenton and her maid comes to give her a snack in her movie room. And it is a nice little study, like nice little movie room. As someone that, Yeah, I mean, I have a movie room or what I call my movie room. She's got her movie room. There's nothing wrong with having a movie room. But I think the problem is, is that she doesn't get out of the movie room. Yeah, I don't think she ever leaves that room. And the framing here is really good. The most famous thing I think about this episode is usually the framing of the projector because mm-hmm. most of the time when they're trying to make you feel uncomfortable in this episode, they frame it so you don't see the projector, but you see the light coming oh, off yeah. of the projector. And there's usually like a couple of times in this, there's no score. It's just 
Oh, yeah. It's, it's just the, the sound of the projector. Mm-hmm. And they do that here and have the maid kind of be startled by the fact that Barbara Jean is up by the next to the projector and she's holding the so i couldn't i i think i mean this is clearly purposeful from from the show's standpoint the direction was to do this but she's holding her arm the same way that her her on screen because she's like we see that she was the actress on screen she's like holding her arm the same way Mm -hmm. so is this supposed to mean she's losing touch with like what's real and what's not or was she in there acting it out herself or is it just that she's so attached to the past that she tries to even mimic the mannerisms that she did 20 yeah. years ago? I think it's a little of all of that, honestly. I really think she's kind of losing touch with reality because she never leaves this room, wants to hold on to that acting and that portrayal that she did years ago. And so she just is continuously like doing it over again. Yeah. I mean, how I don't know how like, many movies... I can still do this. See, I am still this person. How many movies do you think that this... Because, I mean, we find out that she doesn't like to leave the room. She sits in her room all day watching old movies. Is she only watching movies of herself, do you think? I bet. But how many could there be? Is well, she repeat? I would. Same... I bet there's a lot. I actually bet there's quite a few because a lot of them are pretty short most of the time. Oh, you think that these are like Nickelodeon shorts? Well, I don't think like Nickelodeon shorts. I'm not, just saying not like, like, not like Nickelodeon in the sense of oh. today when we say Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nickelodeon of like then, which just meant okay. like a short, you know, movie, a picture, a picture. I bet there's some long ones, and I bet there's short ones, and a lot of the times they did. Tons of movies because they were the actor or they actress. Like, they worked like two years. They're just they did constant like eight, eight movies a day. Oh, we got to get this uh, movie done uh, so that we can go shoot the next movie over there. Probably. Over there I don't like hours. that you went to porn star though. No, well, I mean that's just the saying of like, oh yeah, they did eight movies in a day. They worked like a porn star. Sure. Whatever the saying is. I'm sure it was like, oh, we got to get this done so that we can go to the next movie. We got three hours to shoot that one. Yeah. Right. I bet. So, and it might maybe it's not just her. Maybe it's also her co-stars, movies and stuff that she. That's true. Used to she act kind of with. Pines over them. Yeah. Too. The maid goes out back into the hall and the hallway because it, it's like a. It's clearly like this. She was a big shot, Barbara Jean. She's got this mansion that she basically just sits in all day, and this is a hallway from the game Clue. Or the movie. Like a landing. Like It's just like a... This huge ass... It looks like a courtyard. It's such a set. It it looks like it has no ceiling. Maybe that's the point. Maybe we want... Maybe the whole idea is that her house also looks like a set. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if... if, I mean, you know, bravo if you want to write the essay on that one. Like how the... (laughs) Even the the house is a set. Because like... If you look in the back, there's clearly like a courtyard in the back. There's these gigantic mm-hmm. doors to walk in. Um, right. The doors, which need to be slammed a few times in this episode, and they hilariously kind of... You can tell they're supposed to be like big, heavy doors, but they're right. just cardboard or whatever. <laughs> so like, some people will like Jeez. kind of swing them and they just flap to the side. It is funny how cheapish they look but you get the idea she's she was a big shot she lives in this mansion Mm -hmm. so barbara jean's agent comes in mr wise 
and Sally the maid says that she's worried about Trenton. She's worried about Barbara Jean because she hasn't gone out of there at all. This guy, he's got to be in more episodes of, of Twilight Zone, I feel like, but you've seen this guy before. Martin yes. Balsam plays Mr. Wise. You know what he's in, Rachel? What is it? He's in Psycho. He's the detective okay. in Psycho. Yeah. He's, he's one of the jurors. He's, I think he's the foreman in 12 Angry Men. Oh, okay. Um, he's in a couple I, of Yeah, I can like, picture it now. Oh, yeah. uh, add both of those to the list, though, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yes, of course. I think you've been chomping at the bit to do 12 Angry Men. We might, I really want to. Be, I want to watch that one again. Up. Yeah, that one might be coming up on a, in a series or season close by if we if we get good if we get good. Re- I mean, wait a minute. We said we don't really care if we get good reviews or not. We're going to do this until we don't, we're not having fun with it anymore. So it doesn't matter. Right. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but if the people want it, the people will end up getting Twelve Angry Men pretty soon. If the people um, want it, they just have to wait a few months, and they probably will get what they want because it's just on the list already. That's right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, at least a few months, because as as we've discussed, like, you're getting these in, in uh, binge form. But anyway, so he walks into the movie room to talk to Barbara, and mm-hmm. the film stops. So again, you get this, like, lighting of the film stopping and kind of seeing, like, the last, like, bits of the film. And then she's just kind of, like, sitting in the chair and tells him to get a drink. You know, Why don't you get a drink... What's his name in this? I, I keeps I said Mr. Wise, but it, which I'm assuming it's Danny. <laughs> Danny, Weiss. Danny. It's like such like a Mr. Like Wise. Like that's his last name because he's the Wise agent for yeah. like a, you know. <laughs> um, but he says it's 11 a.m. Why would you start drinking? She clearly is just this like broken person because she just oh, feels absolutely. washed up. And he opens the. I did love that. I, I love two things about this. So he opens the curtains, and we get the that old-fashioned, like, ah, the sun, like, that, like, <laughs> reaction from Barbara. And he... Very dramatic. Very over the top. Yeah, absolutely over the top. Which is perfect for the character. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's over the top, but she plays it exactly how you should play this character. Yeah. Over the top. Bitchy. Like, there's no other way <laughs> to describe it. Like, this, she, because she, she thinks she's a diva. Like, she thinks oh, she yeah. should be on top. And, and, and I think that part of her thinks if she acts that way, that's the only way to keep herself in that, in that limelight, in that vein, is to act sure. like a diva. Right. So she, we get the, the sun, and then we also get it's, uh, Danny says, it's a beautiful day. There's no smog. Like I just loved that that acknowledgement of There's the no smog, smog, the LA, the LA <laughs> smog. I feel like that was definitely a Rod Serling being like, "There's fucking smog here. Can't like the city sucks." <laughs> God. Um, I just kind of like throwing that in there, like, "Oh yeah, it's oh, a yeah. nice day. There's no smog because I gotta deal <laughs> with that every day." But he tries to convince her to leave the house. And they end up going over to a study, which is the other room of the house that we are. It is a study, right? Like she's got almost two studies. She's got like a library here, her screening Mm -hmm. room. And then she's got like a study, which has like a bar and like pictures from the past and stuff in it. Isn't there like a specific type? Like they call it like the cigar room or it's like the. Like, yeah, I could see that being like. Or something like that. They might say that. I feel like she says. Which usually has like the bar and everything. 
No, I, I yeah, they, she probably does say the study. I don't remember what exactly she but, says. But you're but... right. Like it is, it is. It's the cigar room. Yeah, <laughs> head over to the cigar room and we'll pick up some. Which is usually looks like a study. We're gonna hang That's out over here. It. Cigar room. <laughs> well, they go there after dinner. That's where the men go. That's right. To have their brandy and talk. So about maybe business. she can't have a cigar room. She has a study. No, because the this, same exact thing. No, she. <laughs> This lady feels to me like she was the one wheeling and fucking dealing. Like, oh, she not, would she go to the cigar room. She did not care that she was a woman. Like, she was going Ooh. to that cigar room. She'd have that, like, the cigarette thing that, like, elongated the cigarette. That's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. A Cruella de Vil. Yes. So classic. <laughs> I don't know what that thing is called. I don't know. But I'm going to call it a, a DeVille. <laughs> oh, it should be called a DeVille. <laughs> If we, folks at home, if you can get that going, start calling that a long. I mean, they don't, I don't think it exists anymore. It's just a cigarette holder. But if any of you like use jewels, maybe if you you can get like a jewel <laughs> that elongates it, so it looks at that point it would look like a giant kazoo. But <laughs> it would look weird. You, first of all, you shouldn't jewel; it's bad for you. But if you <laughs> but if you do, and you could get a Deville sized elongator, please do. Um, where the hell were we? So, Barbara, Barbara's going through pictures. Um, yeah. One is from 1933. There's another one from 1934. And I think when I say pictures here, I mean moving pictures. But Danny Wise is basically like, these are from the 30s. These are from, these are ancient. They're from so long ago. <laughs> and like, it's again, like one of those things where it's like, oh, right. Like the 30s was a long time ago, but so was this. So it's like, okay, they're trying to tell me just how long ago the third like it, it right. like it just it makes you it makes you feel old because it's trying cool. to tell you how much older this is compared to the their present and right. to think about how long it's been since their present oh, it's just yeah. crazy that's why when you said she was from 1918 was when she was born i was like i was like jeez yeah i mean she died <laughs> she died in in the 90s she died in 1995 sure so the themes of this are clearly like don't cling to the past and that is recurring in a lot of these twilight zone episodes too like you have to let go of the past you have to move on you can't be like don't be too nostalgic like the we'll get to you know the next couple episodes are definitely about that even in the ones that don't necessarily intend to be about that i could make an argument that a lot of these twilight zones are about don't cling to the past which maybe was part of the problem with the 50s and the way that serling would see the world in 1960 because he was as we pointed out kind of an activist kind of progressive mm -hmm. and the idea of people clinging to the past of a time when things were better whether that be the, the 50s a decade well yeah exactly might have been like a, a, a an issue with him where he thought that the, that society needed to you know progress you know mm -hmm. what i mean no, like, I, I do because he look well. You can tell with even just knowing him through the Twilight Zone that he looked to the future than the past. Right. So I I get what you're saying absolutely. Well, and I mean that's just this is just like one example of that um, mm -hmm. specifically to clinging to your own past and like your own accomplishments and trying sure. to come up with something for you like it like if you instead were of, instead of trying to come up with something new or different to do you're just clinging to anything that you had before like you could easily put 
a guy that was the star quarterback of the football team in high school and do the yeah. exact same story. Yes. Like these are my trophies. Thing. These, this is my Jersey yeah. type of thing instead of. And, and, and pining over the cheerleader that he took to prom or like. Exactly. Easily the same thing. So he tells her that he has set up an appointment for her with one of the movie studios. And back then there were, you know, there were probably a few more movie studios than there are now, but that was kind of how, you know, you had an agent, they were tied to the studios. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the actresses were tied directly to the studios. So it was probably like that in the past where she would have contracts with different studios and she would do like five films for this studio and five films for that studio or whatever. But she, she's got an appointment and she's excited about this. This is where she runs to the study and she's like, I hope it's a musical Oh, it would just be lovely if it was a musical or a love story. And and this is where, this is what reminded me, or or I'm sure if she's doing Norma Desmond, which I, I have never seen Sunset Boulevard either, aside from some clips, but I thought that she definitely reminded me of the neighbor from Seinfeld in this scene where she's just like, so like, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if it was a musical, Danny? <laughs> just like, yeah, <laughs> this it's oh, like, yeah. oh, Danny, I hope it's a love story, Danny. <laughs> and he knows that the part's not going to be the same as the other ones. He keeps trying to remind right. her like, okay, but you have to remember you're not in your 20s anymore. Like, like right. it's going to be slightly different. They're not just going to keep giving you that same kind of part. I mean, she's delusional to hope that it is going to be. It's just, I think it's just tough for her to face the fact that it's like, well, you start, you're looking older. You're looking a bit more distinguished. You're not going to have that, that like childish look to your face anymore that makes you look young, you know? Well, and it could be, I mean, again, it's definitely about Barbara Jean but it could also be an indictment on the Hollywood system because, I mean, take a look at, name a name an actor. You, they're probably older than you think. Oh, yeah. And their love interest is way younger than them. Right. A lot of the time. Yeah. Like, uh, like, a, like in a Bruce Willis or like a Tom Cruise movie, the love interest Absolutely. is usually like 20 years younger than them. Right. And but if you were to do that in the reverse, like you can't get away with having like a leading lady in her 50s and the guy's like 30 years old or whatever. No. Which I that definitely does talk about how Hollywood runs. Right. Absolutely. So I mean maybe it's kind of that too. Maybe that's like some subtext cuz we already know that Serling doesn't like Hollywood that much or or right. like has his, <laughs> it has his issues with with the with the business side of it. So, I mean, I could see that, too. Maybe that's subtext. Maybe that's not text at all. Folks at home, you get the drill by it. If you're, if you're listening, you didn't just pick up on the Twilight Zone episode, or maybe if even if you did and you got all the way to episode four, like, you get it. We're looking for little things to pick up here. So Absolutely. Th- that's our thing. Um, <laughs> I must. I probably have said that too much, but for any new listeners out there, I feel like we have to make sure that they understand. We're not just recapping what happened. We're also having fun with what's going on in the stories but that's the point so they go to this executive this this uh, movie producer and, and i and he doesn't really talk like that i just always want a movie producer to be like oh hey there barbara like, <laughs> this, that, that's where like the cigars hanging out the side of yeah, their mouth the cigars <laughs> hanging out the side of the mouth oh my They're god just like, i got a great picture for you honey like that kind of oh, you know the cigar Lord. shopping producer yeah um, 
but he's not quite that. I mean, he he is very he seems kind of stereotypical, but not quite at that level. Right. And they tell her about the part. It's not big, but it would be a nice showcase for her. It would be a nice opportunity for her to show that she's. I got the impression that he's trying to say, like, it's a good opportunity to show that you're still out there. Um, right, yeah. You're, that you're still, like, available. That you're still something. I kept thinking of, again, another movie that's representative of this trope. Uh, have you ever watched Mommy Dearest, Rachel? I've seen parts. I haven't seen the whole thing. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you've seen No Wire Hangers, I'm sure. Of course. Of um, course. But there's... A scene very similar in that movie where they're talking to Joan Crawford about being in a movie and, like, she's delusional about getting old. Like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is has become kind of an archetype for things. Absolutely. Um, I, I do love back the back and forth where they're like, why do we always fight, Barbara? Why do you always fight with me? Because she's rejecting the ideas because what it comes down to is... They want her to play a mother. Mm-hmm. And and they even say, like, early 40s. I think she, they might say early 40s. Probably. Which is exactly what the actress is. We don't know, like, how old she is in this, but that's that's how old the act- actress is. And she's, like, rejecting it. And, she's, and the guy's just like, why do you always fight with me, Barbara? So she clearly was always a diva. Even back in the day, she, like, Absolutely. always was a diva. Right. Picky. Very, very picky. <laughs> Which, like, I get. Like, if you were the star, you're going to be picky. But she basically storms out. Danny tries to get her. Why don't you just take a look at the script? And she's like, you take a look at the script, Danny. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, she just goes completely ballistic about it. And and he refuses. she refuses to take the, the role um, and storms out. The exec or the producer calls her a prima donna. <laughs> I loved and then says like you're not you aren't the number one lady anymore you're just right. an aging broad with a scrapbook we, and says we can set up a part in the community chest because it'll be charity it's such like a get it's like you're not you you can't quit you're fired like kind of pretty thing. much yeah because it's like after the I'm firing fact. you yeah the moral of the story in this scene is don't burn bridges apparently because this guy's basically threatening to get her blacklisted absolutely uh, the agent good good on this agent if you have if you're in a field and you have to have an agent this guy sticks by her here he does. because that's true because uh, he does not agree with her storming out of the of no. the, the office he no. really does not he thinks she should at least take the role right at least look at it like come on but the give it a chance the agent goes up to the producer and he's like next time i see you, i'll give you a swift kick in the teeth when you get old <laughs> the agent or the producer's got to be older than her he is old I would like i think so absolutely i would at least assume but i i do like that he stands by her and and i will say that she was but he is a man so uh, old for a man oh, is different right. than old, old for, for a woman man. Yeah, we got right. remember that that's, that's correct <laughs> just true you're at that biological clock right uh awful <laughs> Uh, like Mick Jagger having uh didn't he just didn't he have a kid a few years ago and he's like in his 70s or something I think weird? so yeah Bizarre. still gross yes it's, it's kind of gross um, 
So the agent just tells the guy that he's petty. He's basically trying to tell her she's still got it. You mm-hmm. still got stuff. So back at the mansion, she says no studio exists. And she tells them all off that her only world is her mansion. So she she tells Danny that like she's not going to try for any more roles. She's perfectly fine living in her fantasy world with her movies and the mansion is the only world that exists so she's she's shutting herself off at this point completely yep another good little rant by her about old i love that i and and this again everyone is going to be nostalgic for a place that never existed because Mm -hmm. this is the 1959 and she's bitching that and and saying that hollywood isn't the same as it was back then and like people say that today and people said that 10 years ago and people said that 20 years ago and people said that 30 years ago and people said that 50 years ago and people said 70 years ago because there's the perfect time is the time that you remember and not the real time right right but your your memory also changes over time as well so like your your memory of the past is usually you know rose colored glasses right well and she says that the drapes are drawn and the doors are locked actors are wear undershirts and the movies have no sentiment and there's rock and roll in it now <laughs> and it's the same thing where it's this it's not her style it wasn't what she was perfect at times have changed mm-hmm. and she's deciding not to change with the times right that this is her like active decision to not change with the times absolutely which is great it's just i mean a lot of people think of that now like they don't want to change with the times and, and and in some cases, maybe you shouldn't change with the times, or in some cases, maybe we should bring some things back from the past. You have to learn how to adapt. Right. Um, and she is actively choosing not to adapt, right? I just thought it was hilarious. So she shuts her eyes, and, and she just <laughs> wants to wish it all away. Can she just wish it all away? Uh, <laughs> so dramatic. And you kind of get this message back from Danny here because he tells her that it's nostalgic. It's nice, but it's not true. It's phony. Like, this is clearly the message of the episode. Absolutely. Uh, If I wish hard enough, she says, it doesn't have to be phony. So, like, again, like, she's just actively deciding. She doesn't care if it really was phony. She wants to stay in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Folks at home, I'm sure, I mean, right now, that, that I would say a lot of people want that to happen. I'm sure no matter what year you're listening to us in this, people want that to happen. It's just a fact of life that you have to move past. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. Like we live in the past year on shelf life, but we're, we're doing it. We're in a fun way. You know what I mean? You can engage the past and you can engage nostalgia like we do on this show, but you have to do it in a fun way. And you have to realize that it's all, for fun or it's all for your entertainment it's not for real you shouldn't be basing your life on the past what what, we're not doing that we're not like basing everything on the past we're not looking at it that way we're trying to figure out whether the past still holds up to the present that's right and for the future and for the future for your future so that's right (laughs) (laughs) so we're using the past to find that out that's right that's right So she wants her friends. One of them's been dead for five years, <laughs> as Danny tells her. It's such good delivery. Like, it, I don't think it's like this, but in but my... really, 
Go ahead. They really make her really old by going, well, your friend's been dead for five years. The but, way they make it sound like it's like, they're oh, they're dropping like flies because of how uh, fucking old they are. Well, again, you don't know how old she's supposed to be True. in this episode. And two, if it is one of those situations where the co-stars were older than her oh that's then true. maybe they were in their 60s and she you know so like, they were yeah they were maybe they are in their as 60s she is now. now yeah yeah i'm sorry go ahead and finish your thought though but my thought was that i just I, I don't think he says it like this but in my head he says it like this where he just he goes you know this one's been dead for five years like like <laughs> like kind of saying you're, you're here with ghosts she wishes for things that are dead. And this is this is the point where the he tries to slam the door, she slams the door, one of them slams the door. And it doesn't it won't slam shut because it's just not real. So it's a sign like this and it like it like it like pops backward because it just doesn't want to sl- stay shut. And I guarantee you that these movies weren't as good as she thought they were. Maybe Probably they were. were. Maybe she was like an all-star, like Oscar-winning actress, and maybe she was because she like could act this way. But mm-hmm. like something tells me that they weren't as good as she thinks they are, or not all of them were. Yeah, yeah. She probably had her good ones, and then, like I said, they probably have her do so many, and then it's like, well, only a few of those are actually any good. So we get uh, a little bit of a time jump here, and the agent comes back later, and Sally tells him she hasn't even gone to bed. Sometimes now she just stays in there. She stays in that room and doesn't come out. And Sally says she thinks she's seen her on the screen creepily. I wanted Danny to be like, well, yeah, you're." she's watching videos of her like you are seeing her on the screen. <laughs> right. Of course she's on the screen. She's watching her old videos. Yeah. I caught this and folks at home, I'm going to ruin a little bit of this for you. So ignore this next 30 seconds if you don't want to know it. But there's a bad take here. Uh-oh. Where he goes to say a line <laughs> and he flubs it, so he says it again. <laughs> Did you catch that? I don't think I caught that. Yeah. It's a simple line. It's just kind of like a, what do you mean? What do you mean? She's at, like, it's kind of like that. Oh, like, he starts okay. it, he flubs it, and he says it again. And I mean, it's natural enough that, like, a person would flub whatever he said like, so it could stay, but, like, it yeah, clearly like was a like a stutter almost. Yeah, but it clearly was like a, oh, damn it. And then he says it again, like, hoping they would edit it, and they didn't. Oh, God. <laughs> he, yeah, I didn't catch that. That's funny. He tells Barbara that uh, he's brought one of her old co stars is in town, and it's the one that looks kind of like Robin Hoodie, some sort of like. <laughs> you know or 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 maybe it was like an old like pirate movie like something like that like it's a one of the romances she was in okay yeah and he tells her because he he thinks it may help her she gets to see him and he tells her and she's so excited to see him oh it's going to be wonderful and she's like i'm going to go get ready and then and then bring bring him to the study she runs in there and what do you think it is rachel is it like I wrote down that Walt Disney is there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can see it pretty much. Oh, my God. Her reaction is so rude. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) She's disgusted by him. Absolutely disgusted. That's a good way of saying it. Because she pictures him as being like 30 years old or whatever mm-hmm. and now he's just this like old man he's got these coke bottle glasses yeah um, he's 
he owns a string of supermarkets in Chicago. That, that sounds so goofy, but whatever. So I guess back in the day, they you know they didn't pay. Where I was saying like maybe some of these movies weren't as good as she thinks they were because if the lead actor in this didn't have enough money to keep acting or didn't want to keep acting or i think maybe got you know oh you're old now you're getting pushed out yeah uh, so he moved on but but the point is like oh he moved on to like own this string of supermarkets but oh yeah, he you, may still have a mansion and <laughs> stuff you don't know well if he owns a string of supermarkets he's pretty That's doing what, pretty exactly, well exactly exactly he's a grocer no he's <laughs> not a grocer he's like the business in the back grocer that's not what a grocer is because he oh because because what's a grocer is that like the manager at a grocer at an old-timey grocery store i don't folks at home let us know if grocers still exist like if you are a grocer do you consider yourself a grocer or do you need to like be in the 1950s and delivering milk to people's houses to be considered that i guess that would make sense it says a person who sells food in small household goods yeah. I guess. He's a grocer. <laughs> I think, I, I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess I was thinking of, like, the people that are physically in the grocery store selling it. Not oh, I like. Thought, I thought you were going to say. Like... I thought you were going to say that you become one when you go to the grocery store. I'm going to go uh, no! become a grocer and pick up some cheese and milk. I just didn't think, like, the management side of it for some reason. Like, the owner yeah. Like, unless he's, like, physically in the building actually selling you items for some reason, it didn't, like, click that that, that would they would be technically grocery. Yeah, no, I yeah. hear you. I would, I would consider the manager of a grocery store to be the grocer. Sure. More so. But folks at home, please write into the mailbag. Let us know if we're wrong about this. <laughs> Rate and review. Give us that five-star review. Give us a one-star review saying that we didn't know what a grocer was. <laughs> Please don't do that. We don't need. Please that. don't. Five star and then tell me that. And I was then wrong. say that we didn't know what a grocery was. Five stars for not knowing. We'll what give a you a was. shout out on one of our uh, grab bag <laughs> episodes. They didn't know what a grocery was. Five star. <laughs> so her line here is that isn't it funny? We see people the way they were and not how they are. So mm-hmm. again. She's she knows, right? She knows she's delusional at this point. Absolutely. She just wants to believe the lie. Yep. She wants to believe her big lie. I've heard that before somewhere. She she believes it. And it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> George Costanza. <laughs> oh my god. I'm trying to link everything together. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I do like that they keep the camera on her the whole time over his shoulder we never see his reaction to her being an asshole to her to him right we only see her disappointment and how right. old and dorky this man has become sure i kind um, of uh, i imagine the the ralph wiggum heartbreaking <laughs> <laughs> oh you think that we missed the absolutely absolutely (laughs) i don't know because she points to his picture and it's like look at this this is what you used to be and it's like you may as well be dead like she's so it's so awful it's so awful exactly that's what i mean i just i I, I just picture that awful like fall in his face and i mean to his or he's just like you know what i am fucking old 
I yeah. am old. And I am a grocer. I'm a successful exactly. Chicago grocer. I moved on. So do you. You're old. Get over it. <laughs> I mean, he does kind of just let it go because he hugs her and yeah. he's like, goodbye, Norm. I keep saying, I was going to say Norma. Norman? <laughs> no, I was going to say Norma because it clearly, Norma Desmond. So I was going to say Norma Dean because it's Barbara okay. Jean. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> the, the names. There's too much pop culture information in my head. I could oh, be, absolutely. like, imagine if we took all of the stupid knowledge and, like, transferred it into something useful. Maybe we'll have another podcast about useful information if this Uh-oh. one takes off, Rachel. I don't know what oh, that one boy. will be called. Couldn't tell you because I won't. I don't have any useful information in my head anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of shoves the guy away too. Like she pushes the guy away after telling him he might as well be dead. Just totally mean. And the agent basically gives up and walks away. Like, fine, whatever. If you want to do this, you can do this. She goes into the dark room and turns on the projector, and we get that light again. So we had that like eerie glow again mm-hmm. from the projector. And then she creepily walks up to the screen and says, there's my Jerry. Like, there's the, the, the co-star. Like, the co-star's name right. is Jerry. And she's like, there you are, Jerry. So wonderfully young. There was a strange old man here who said he was you. She wants to be with these people she, on the screen. Right. She, she wants, wants to, to be up there. physically be there. So then we get Sally again bringing her a snack. All this woman does is bring her a snack. Question. Question about Sally. I feel like she's... She's a bit pushy and a bit nosy. You are the maid in, like, You're the help! No, you're fucking wrong. Honestly, I'm surprised at how pushy and, like, nosy and talkative she is. She's yelling at her. Like, get out of this room and eat your food. She's her Alfred. She's trying so. to, like, prop her up a little bit. Maybe they have a, a more cordial relationship. That's true. That's true. It just, it just seemed time. kind of odd. So so you'd be more comfortable. Because she acts all mousy, and then all of a sudden she's like this, do your things. And I'm like, calm down, lady. She's trying to encourage you. Know your role. You are the help. Get back to the fucking kitchen. I just thought from back in the day, that just seemed kind of odd. I didn't think it was as odd, but I am used to the Bruce Wayne, Alfred Pennyworth relationship. Sure. So I am used to a, <laughs> to a butler telling, telling him to get his ass in gear. Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe uh, movies are just lying about how people used to talk to, talk to each other. Sally knocks at the door and there's no answer. So she walks in. And she screams in terror. Yeah. At whatever she sees. We don't see what she sees. All we see is like that and the light, the glowing light from the projector. Right. And she drops the tray. And it goes to a commercial break. So what happens next is uh, Danny comes back. The agent comes back. Mm -hmm. And Sally is basically saying like, she was there. She wasn't there. The projector room is empty. The lights are on. This is the first time that we've seen this room with the lights on in it. And Sally's just like, she wasn't any, I can't find her anywhere. Danny's like, was See, she? Okay, here? hold on. Because that sounds odd. She screams bloody murder. Yes. And then she goes, I don't know where she is. Yes. And like, that's, wait, what? That's my, thank you. Thank you for pointing this out. That's, <laughs> that's my issue with this final act, this final revelation. Because this buildup 
here is very good. We don't know where she is. We don't know, like, what's going on. Yep. And the scream and terror makes you think, like, something's weird. Something weird happened Like, to she her. saw something happen. Yeah. But then it's like, well, wait, where did she go? And then he gets the idea to turn off the lights and turn on the projector. Which, where does that come from? Or does he think, oh, she'll, she'll, she'll come out because she's hiding until her movie's on and then she'll uh, pretend she's <laughs> acting again? Like, where did, what are you thinking is going to happen? I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe he, th- or did he think that she like <laughs> filmed another home movie? Like, I don't know. Oh, now she's doing home movies. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I just, I don't understand. The thought process. Yeah. Another thing about this is it is 1959. <laughs> so like televisions existed. Televisions were huge. Right. So I I don't know. I I feel like I feel like maybe she would have had a TV in that room too. I don't know. So Well no, that's her projector room. Yeah, you're right. It's her projector It's literally room. her films, like <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. She she's using her. She film. moved the TV. There's a TV room. She's got a mansion. So this she has is a cigar where... room. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She has another room that's a TV a TV room. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have two TVs? <laughs> I don't think that this is a great payoff because what we find out is she's just on the screen surrounded by her friends at the mansion. So she's Mm -hmm. in her mansion in that like courtyard hallway area. And what we get, like what, what you see is fairly iconic for the Twilight Zone. When this was on Netflix, when we were film it or filming when we were recording this we i watched it on netflix i assume now it's on paramount plus listeners i don't know when you're listening to this but yeah they currently own it but or or you have it on blu-ray because we told you to buy it on blu-ray or you realize that you should it's on your shelf life it's understandable i i, pro- I will probably get it when, it when the price is right the netflix thumbnail thing that shows different scenes from each show you know what i'm talking about yeah one of the ones that it shows it shows your your classics one of the ones it shows is danny slowly standing up as the projector starts playing right so i think that is kind of like one of those iconic images and it is it's a great it's a great shot the cinematography and the acting and everything like it makes you think something is horrifying like he's selling like he's like holy crap you can tell he just like realized something in his eyes that he's seeing something and and it's just that she's on she's just on screen like she's just like with these characters that exist in her movies and the idea i guess is that she somehow got sucked into the film reel this is where I just, I don't know what happened. And that's what's so confusing about it. No, I think that is what it is. I think she gets to stay in that moment in time. I think she wished so hard to be in that time again that she gets pulled in and forced to stay there forever in that moment in time. And that's where I don't know what they're going with. They could have spun it in, is she dead? Is she trapped? All of the above. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe it's kind of like one of those she is dead and she got sucked into it type of thing 
she'll live on well, in the movies. And it's, I don't know. Okay, I mean, it's yeah, it's like, kind of an odd thing. I can't really tell yeah, what maybe it is. Maybe you're right. Maybe she li- like maybe that's what it is. She lives on through her movies. Like that's her legacy, I guess. But like, but it doesn't work with like the rest of the message. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it should be. She wished. Uh, well, to to finish this up, Danny starts shouting like, "Barbara Jean, come back, Barb, Barb!" And she like is holding a scarf, and she acts like she can kind of hear him saying, like she hears somebody off in the distance like calling for her. Right. And she drops the scarf as she leaves the screen, and the projector runs out. And this is where I don't. Is she in an alternate universe? Like, I mean, it's the Twilight Zone, so it could be an alternate universe. Did she travel back in the past? Is she in an alternate timeline, an alternate 1959? Well, because if, like, he's calling out to her to come back to the future. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) It's like, like, come back to the future. Or is she, is he's like, because he's calling out to her to come back. And it's, it's kind of... It's kind of parallel to how he's trying to say, stop sitting in the past. Like, come here. Come into the future. Right. You know, but she's present. still... Or the present. And she's just still focusing and walking back to the past. She leaves. He contemplates what it could possibly mean. She He leaves that room and then finds the scarf on the ground. Which is such a Rod Serling ending, like, oh, was it real? Was it not real? Did she film this? Did she make them real? It, like, were they there? And then she oh, filmed yeah. it? That's what I'm saying. But if, she, but so if she filmed weird. it, it wouldn't be on the screen at the same time as she's filming it, right? Well, that's that's my point. Okay, so that's where I was like, okay, did she commit suicide? Well, that's what I kept thinking. Maybe she did commit suicide. Maybe that's what he was yelling for her to, like, like come back realize, to like, him. This and it was, was actually, like, her like, last, suicide? like, act was, like, to film this faux yeah. movie and then right. she jumped off the mansion or something yeah like like this is her this is where my life energy is going to be for now on is in the movies this is where i will live on is in the movies and she commits suicide and, and he's trying to like talk her down and i don't even know like how that would work because like wouldn't she because no they couldn't idea. find her body like did she van like it's so weird and i don't he, know he smiles <laughs> the twilight zone for one he but, smiles yeah. and says to wishes barbara to wishes and that's the end of the show and it's like what what was the message here yeah because then he smiles he shouldn't be happy about that because he wants her to move on and now he's like i guess guess she got her wish <laughs> yeah I'm so happy for and, what i get that not every twilight zone ends in a cynical manner you have happy endings in some twilight zones yeah but it feels like the message here should have been she got what she wanted she got what she wished for, and right. she regrets it. Yeah, and she like should be pounding on the screen. Yeah, wanting like she, to she, get like, out. She realizes she's stuck. Like, now. no, I'm stuck now. Let me out. Let me out. Should have been like the way it ended. And, and not goodbye. Yeah. And, no, and it's like not what happened. And I know what the ending of Sunset Boulevard is. But we won't get into that because yeah, I don't no, no spoil spoilers. That I want to know for you. <laughs> It's just, I don't know if that's what, like, if Surly was trying to do a similar tone. Like, I just feel like it was muddled, the ending. But that is the end, um, as he just says to wishes Barb, and, and Barbara gets to live for something in the movies with the characters that she loves, I yeah. guess. It's so hard to figure out what happened. <laughs> that's 16 millimeter Shrine. So, Rachel, 
I'll let I'll let you go first. Does this episode have shelf life? Is it shelf worthy? You put okay, it up there. So, so here's here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts. I think it it still is a story that is brought up today, and I think it's still like a story that's within different genres and stuff like that that they use. Right? It's that trope. Okay. However, I'm not really a big fan of this episode. <laughs> For me, this one was kind of drawn out. Okay. It was a it was a little slow. It was I couldn't really get into it as much as I was getting into the other ones, which was like the surprise if I got into like the old western one. Right. We have like this one that I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind <laughs> of like, all right, I get the point, I understand the concept, but I don't know if it. I don't think it would live on my shelf. Okay. Before I give my answer, I will. Here's the ending narration because I was hoping maybe this would give us an idea. So this oh, okay, is cool. I'll, I'll yes. do Rad Sterling here. <clears throat> to the wishes that come true, to the strange mystic strength of the human animal, who can take a wishful dream and give it a dimension of its own, to Barbara Jean Trenton, movie queen of another era, who has changed the blank the blank tomb of an empty projection screen into a private world. It can happen. In the Twilight Zone. So that makes it sound... It doesn't sound... help! <laughs> no, here! It doesn't help! Because... It still doesn't work on, like, what they're trying to get across here. Oh, you wish enough, you get to stay in the past forever? What? Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. It just doesn't fit the... Re- it, okay, the next this episode... this is why it doesn't live on my shelf. The people. next episode... <laughs> I love the next episode of the Twilight Zone that, that we'll get into... It just doesn't. It doesn't seem to fit. But yeah, I don't know. I, I there's a it's there's a good enough character story here for me to for me to really want to put it on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, if, I know. If, I know what you. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, if for nothing, and and then the cinematography, the lighting is yeah, that's so really good. good. It's good. Like for a movie from 1959 on TV. I mean, it it gets to live with the rest of the group. Oh yeah, I. But to your point, I don't know if I'm gonna watch this episode a lot. Um, if it's really gonna come back for me to to watch it again. So I'm borderline. It's probably not. But there's enough in there where I definitely would say like you can watch this one and, and enjoy it. Oh yeah. But but then get confused at the end. You know. <laughs> you're gonna get confused at the end, <laughs> and you might not watch it a lot. No satisfaction um, at the end. Or maybe not after once or twice. So that is 16 millimeter Shrine. Rachel, this next batch Oof. of episodes. Oof. Holy shit, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Kind of exciting. This is this is a main event. The, this, I, it, it the, is. the next four, four to five episodes is a main event of Twilight's... What is... There's something you, behind. You something? Well, there's something behind you. That I just don't. Wait, do you see? Like... No, there's like a thing. I think Wait, it's behind the same me. Thing. Yeah. Well, how could it be the same thing? We're we're I don't know. M- hundreds of miles apart. I mean, but I don't know if I can. 